to the Authentic as Fuck podcast. My name is Sun. I am a marketer and storytelling coach. So in this podcast, I work with on- real entrepreneurs and I kind of uh, answer any questions they might have in their business, branding, things like that. Um, so today, we have two guests, as always. First is Ankit. Ankit, how are you? So can you um, kind of tell us where you're from, what you do, and then go into uh, your question? Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Ankit. I'm a brand designer from India. And uh, I do branding for personal brands in mental health space. Awesome. And what are you, um, what's yep. your question? Uh, my question is about uh, how to do outreach and network with uh, possible collaborators and people you want to work with. I'm finding it difficult to do that. Got it. And the reason is because you want to get a different caliber of clients or because you want more clients? Yeah, or... uh, I want more clients. So that would be my, like, yeah. More clients. How are you getting clients Currently now? by, mostly by referrals. Someone, someone would see my work and then they would reach out to me like we have following requirements. And that's why I'm currently uh, like in this limbo stage. Like I'm stuck between having no clients or having one or two clients at the moment. So referrals, yep. like, are you getting referrals from your clients? Okay. And, and that's not yeah, enough I th- anymore? That's not sustainable. I think uh, because sometimes there would be moments where I have no clients. So I don't know like uh, how to avoid that, uh, like festival and feast kind of a thing. So I have to avoid that. Got it. Okay. 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 So what you need to be doing is. So it's a it's a slow building process, right? So it's not going to happen overnight, right? So you need to network a little bit and start working with you know a different kind of caliber of clients. And then once you do that, they're going to introduce to other clients and so on and so on and so on, right? So first before we go into networking, the thing I'm going to ask is this. Um how how is your relationship with your current clients? And how over and beyond are you going for them? In terms of uh, work, uh, as I've said earlier, that I don't limit myself like these are the working hours or these is this is, like this is the many hours I will work only. If I have something like they have some goals to meet, I will give my hundred percent to achieve that goal, whatever it might be. Because once I've taken them as a client, okay, I will do my best to help them achieve their goal. And how does, um, so that's, I think you, you just talked about your mm-hmm. work ethics, right? Now I want to ask about your relationship with the client. Does your clients love you? I'm not sure they love me or not, but it's a very friendly and casual relations to be, to be honest about that. And okay. I think I limit myself there. It, it, yeah. That is important. Because I don't go overboard. That's actually more important than. How hard you're working is actually less work, less important than whether they love you or not. Because clients will refer somebody they love. But they're not going to refer somebody that is the best in the world if they don't love them. Yep. Do you understand what I mean? So, first things first, I want to make sure that this part is being done right. Because I've never heard of successful agency, successful freelancers 
I've never heard a successful freelancer who said I became successful because I was good at outreaching and <laughs> getting new clients. No freelance designers have ever, ever, ever said that. If you talk to 100% of the top 100 designers out there in the world, every single one of them is going to be like, I grew my business because my clients refer other clients. So if that is currently not happening, that means there's something going on. Your, ref your referral should be like this. In the beginning, there's no referral, right? And then you work with one client, and there's like one referral. And then as you, as you build your career, the referral should expand like that. And if it's not, it means you're doing something wrong in your everyday service with your clients. Yeah, Do you understand what I mean? And also, I want to caveat this because it depends on how you want to grow your business, mm -hmm. right? If you want to grow your business like me, where I started out as a freelancer and then agency and then still a boutique agency and we charge high prices and like the way we built our business is very different than like somebody who has like a $1,000 template, $2,000 package and a $3,000 package and like it's very different, right? So if you want to run a build a freelance career or agency like this, it's very important because everyone that I know that are like this, it's all referrals. And what you're gonna find is that if you talk to their clients, like their clients would never hire any other designer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like they, like once they work with them, they're like, okay, I found my lifetime designer here. I would never work with any other designer ever again because my experience was that good. Right? So I'm going to ask you one more time. When you work with a client and when you finish a project for them, do you, are you leaving them with that kind of experience? Like, holy shit. Working with Ankit has been life-changing. I will never hire ever. I will never hire any other designers ever again. Like after working with Ankit. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm going down I mean? my memory line to figure out like who Be has said that to me. I think there, there's been conversation like this, like, uh, uh, I, I haven't got testimonials for this. Like, uh, he goes over and beyond just to help us achieve that goal. And uh, that's why we, we loved working with him. Okay. So you want, for so number one thing I'm going to say is currently with your current clients, because a lot of people I see do this. People, you know, people that want to grow Instagram, when they create content, you know where their focus is? New audience. Oh, how can I get strangers with this? They're not even thinking about their existing audience, right? That's how people are. When people run an agency, where is their mind? New clients. How do I get new clients? They're not really paying attention to their existing clients. This is the number one mistakes that businesses make. The way you get new clients is by going over and beyond with every single one of your existing client. And every single one of your existing clients should feel like, after this, should feel like this. You know, we live in a world where I work, I hire so many vendors, I hire photographer, um, you know, babysitters, plumbers, uh, interior designers, mechanics. I hire all kind of vendors. Uh, designers, right? I hire all, all kind of vendors, and you know what's the common ground here? You know what I experience every every time? That every single one of them don't care. 
Every single one of them are terrible. They're, they don't care about me. I have to constantly argue with them. I have to constantly, you know, like battle with them to get what I want, right? That's the, that's the feeling that I, that's the norm, norm. And then come in this guy, Ankit. I trust this guy with my firstborn child. That's how my trust, uh, that's how much I trust this guy because he's went over and beyond to prove that I can trust him. Throughout the one month of working with him, working with him, he's proved that to me. Therefore, from now on, if anybody's asking me, do you know a designer? Hey, who did your website? I'm not going to anyone else. Yep. Do you understand what I mean? But the opposite is also true. When a client is unhappy or they're not 100% satisfied, they're just, just average satisfied, they're not going to go out of their way to tell you. No clients, <laughs> you know, like no clients are coming back to you and be like, oh, your service sucks, sucked, therefore I'm never going to work with you again. They just don't work yeah. with you. <laughs> they just disappear. They don't say anything. So a lot of a lot of freelancers and agency owners that I talk to are like, oh yeah, you know, uh, we never hear complaints from our cl- complaint c- complaints from my clients. You know why? It's because they're just leaving you. <laughs> so right now, what's going on is all these people are unhappy and they're leaving you. And the worst part is you don't even know why, because they don't tell you. That's what's happening. So if a client is not saying anything. It means they're unhappy, right? If the client is satisfied, right? That means that means they're actually just on par. If it, if a client is happy, they'll go out of their way to tell you. They're gonna be like, "And kid, you just totally save our last. You just totally save my life." That's the kind of that's the kind of thing I need from the clients. And that's the kind of person that's going to actually refer someone. Because I, I said this many times, but at, that, at this level, the way referral works is a lot of people think at the lower level sales, people think that referrals are like, um, oh, hey, do you know a designer? Oh, yeah, let me check my LinkedIn. Oh, yeah, I, I know this guy. Boom. Some, you're going to refer some designer that you never even worked with before, right? Oh, do you know a developer? Oh, yeah, I know this guy. He's a programmer. Hey, go talk to him. That's how everybody does introductions and referrals, right? So what happens? I hire him. Boom. Oh, big mistake. This guy sucks. And then I'm like, oh, oh fuck. I can't believe you, you refer that to me. You refer him to me, Ankit. I don't, like, like I, I don't trust you anymore to refer anyone to me ever again. Okay? I mean, this is how most referrals work. Okay? Which is why I never, ever, 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 ever refer anyone. I have a small Rolodex of about a dozen people in my life, right? Less than 20 people in my life that I've worked with. These are the top, top best programmer in the world that I know. Best photographer I know in the world. Best video videographer I know. These are the top, top best copywriter I know in the world. These are the top people. If I refer any of these people to any of my clients or anyone, 0% chance that I'm going to get any clients with them. Actually, the opposite is going to happen. They're going to come to me and be like, son, thank you so much. I've been, I've been, I spent last three years looking for this perfect person and you found it for me. That's the kind of remark that I'm going to get, right? And that's the, that's the reason why when, when uber successful people want to hire a great designer, 
they'll come to me and ask me, son, do you know a great designer? Do you know an amazing designer? And I, I actually have people coming and asking me that all the time right now. I would love to be able to say, hey, I do know one. His name is Ankit. I would love to be able to say that. But can I trust you, Ankit? <laughs> have you earned your trust with me? Mm-hmm. Right? So, for example, day one, he said, Ankit, son, I'm going to make your website for you. I'm going to design your social media, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't have to do anything. And you went over and beyond. Like, and you just fucking did amazing work. I didn't even have to like babysit you or anything like that, where you proved yourself to me. Then I guarantee you, next time somebody's like, Do you know a designer? I don't, I won't even hesitate. But that hasn't happened. That rarely happens to me. Actually, the opposite is true. Every time I go to a semi decent designer and say, Hey, I have this client for you if you want to work with them but you're going to have to either give him a discount or do it for free because he has a lot of opportunities for you in the future. You know what they say to me? They say, son, I'm not cheap. No, that's what they say. I'm not cheap, son. No, I, I, I gotta, yeah, I have, I have to charge at least this much. Yeah. Okay. Do that. Do that. So you can make an extra couple thousand bucks right now because 10 years from now, your business will never get there. Yep. Do you understand what I mean? Okay. Now, that's this side. That's if you want to run a business like me. If you want to run a business like this, that's a different story. Yeah, you do want to go out and network, but like you want to do that whole thing where you just <laughs> like DM 50 people a day, right? And just like try to get them to into a package. It's like, oh, I, I, we have this package. Like, it's just a numbers game, right? If you want to. But if you want to run a business like this, this is how I would do outreach. Instead of outreaching 50 people a day, <laughs> like with, with candy um, thing where I can get them to an automated thing, here what I would do is I would just pick not 50 people a day, but 50 clients that, 50 of my dream clients that I would like to work with. 50 dream clients that I want to learn everything from and I want to prove myself to. Okay? And I would go to that person and I would do this. I would say, hey, I'll pay you to work for you. And then I would make a website for So, for example, like I would go to somebody like Jay Shetty. Actually, no, Jay Shetty. We did Jay Shetty. When we did Jay Shetty, um, we actually went above and beyond in order to get that project. But... Those kind of people, I would actually go to them. I would go to Gary V and be like, Gary, here, how much do you normally pay your, your uh, video editors? How much do you normally pay your web designer? What, 60000 a year, $100,000 a year? I'll pay you $100,000 a year to work for you. A year later, I never have to worry about a client again. But that's the thing. Most entrepreneurs these days are not willing to put in the put in the investment up front. They all want it now. They all, you know, it's like Crystal and like all the, you know, all the love yourself people out there going like, oh, hey, you know, you have to know what you're worth. You got to charge what you're worth. You know, the, you know, you got, you got to charge 10K for a logo. <laughs> you got to sell the value now. Okay, yes. If you're good, if you're good and if you have that, 
if you have those leads and if you are known, yes. But if you're starting out, nobody knows you and you're not good. Yeah, keep listening to that, that advice of know your worth. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, keep listening to that advice as a beginner. See if it's, that's going to take you anywhere. Yep. You know what I mean? So that's what I would I would reach out to one person, say, say, hey, let me intern for you for free. Or let me build your website for free. And I would literally, like once, I, once he says yes, I would literally clear my schedule and work on this project as if it was my only project. Or actually, I would clear my schedule and work on this project because it is my only project right now. And I would put my, like, my heart, soul, and blood into it. And then I'll go over and... Because a lot of people do this. This, they, they make this mistake. When I say this, they're like, oh, yeah. And they reach out to these people. And they get, oh, it's like, I'll do your website for free. I'll do your website for free. I'll do your And they're like, okay, do it for free. And then they're like, oh, it's a free website. So I'll just do it on the side in my extra time. Like, oh, I have these paying clients. And I'll just spend. So what? this gets delayed. And they're not happy with you. So now you fucking ruined this relationship, right? So no, don't do that. Clear your schedule. Put your entire energy and soul into this project and make it like... Your goal is to go and win the win awards. You know, the WWW awards. That's your goal. Your goal is to win a Webby. That's your goal. And if you do that, that is the stepping stone of building a business like this. Yep. I'm thinking this. So 50 people reach out to one of them individually. And I would like literally offer to do a project for them for free just to prove myself or just to learn even, you know? Yep. And my next obvious question would be then, uh, how do I sustain myself? Like financially. Okay. That's a completely different question. A lot of people that I know, if one thing that I realize is that um, if you're worried about money, you're not going to be able to build a business. Here's the thing. When I started my business, I was dead broke. I st- when I started Night Owl, I was living in the office, renting out our office, our, our, my apartment, on Airbnb, and then use that money to pay for some of the bills in the office. That's how we started the business. So I was dead broke, but I wasn't worried about money. That's the thing. So, but from from listening to you, it sounds like you are worried about money. And the the reason why that never works is because I I was in that situation my first year of Night Owl where we kept digging ourselves in a hole, right? Like we have all these bills to pay. <laughs> we have all these accounts receivable, which we need to finish the project in order to get paid. But because we don't have cash flow, now I need to go out and get all these bullshit projects with these bullshit clients, these red flag clients, which I know is going to be a drag, which I know is going to cause problems. But what do I have to do? I have to take it on right now because I need the cash today because I have to pay my designer today. So I take it. And then now this turns into a long nightmare project where we're losing money from it, not making. So in order to cover for that, I have to take on another project. So why do I do it? I ignore the red flags. And then every meeting that I go to, I'm desperate. And the clients can smell that desperation. It's like, ah, oh, this guy's a little too desperate. No, 
Mm-hmm. You see what I'm trying to say? So when you're in that desperate place, you're never going to be able to grow a business because you're not thinking clearly. You're not, you're not able to confidently turn down projects that's a red flag, that's going to be unprofitable. You're not able to you know, make logical decisions. You're, you're not able to sell confidently in a sales meeting. Like all those tiny little things are happening when you're worried about money. That's why one of the first lessons that I learned in business in the beginning is that, so right there, what happened is after that first year, I literally went into a hole. Me, our main developer, GG, three of us. And we even have photos of like us, like late at three in the morning, like dancing with our dog because we're all delusional, like working all night, like. We for six months we went into a hole to get our to get ourselves out of the hole. We locked our doors, we blocked everything out, we put our head down, work 18 hours a day, every day to get us out of that hole. And once we had like a six months of runway, six months of expenses paid up front, then I was able to confidently walk into meetings, raise my prices, you know, close those deals because I was confident. You know, you know what I mean? But in the beginning days, I couldn't. So if anybody's in that place where you're worried about money, but you want to start a business too, the, the problem with that is that you should, you're not going to be profitable in the first couple of years of business. If you're trying to make your business profitable in the first couple of years of business, you're never going to be able to grow your business. So you're just going to be stuck in this rut year after year. That's why most people start a business and just kept stuck in, they're basically stuck like mm-hmm. a nine to five job, right? It's because they're, they're not properly investing into the business in the beginning years. And they're not properly investing into the business because they're, they don't have the money to properly invest in the beginning. So that's a really, really dangerous move. What I would advise is start it as a side hustle, meaning go get a safe nine to five job that's going to pay all your bills, that you never have to worry about money, that you can go to your clients and say, fuck you, if you if they're, you know, like if, if they're fucking you over, you can go to a client and say, no, I deserve this much. Like until you can do that, you can't do that if you don't have the safety. So I would say find a nine to five job and start it as a side hustle. The problem is this. A lot of people get their nine to five job. They go to work. They're all. And then after work, you know, they're, they go home. They're like, oh, I'm so tired from work today. And then your friends are calling you to go out to dinner and you're playing video games and you're like, okay, I'll start tomorrow. And tomorrow comes, you go to work. Oh, come on. Ah, such a long day at work today. I'm tired. Same thing happens. Maybe you spend an hour doing something. No. When I started my side hustle, this is what I, I had two jobs. I had a nine to five job and I came home. I literally would change into a different outfit and <laughs> sit at my desk and now I have another eight hours to go. I literally treated it like another complete full-time job. And that's what you need to do in order to get this. Most people cannot do that because what I said, they're tired from their work. They go home, they're like, ah, tomorrow, so on and so on, right? Um, Second thing is, what we did was, I didn't go back, I could have, I was actually like really close to the point where I should have went out and get, I could have went out and get a, regular job in order to support my business but i didn't what we did instead was we just worked our ass off and we just caught up to the, all those projects and then we just like saved every dollar we did it the hardcore way <laughs> yeah 
But yeah, I would say you need that. If you don't have that runway, that luxury of um, being able to make logical decisions, I would highly advise set that up first. You know, you're young. You have a whole life ahead of you. You don't need, to, you know, like for you to start like three years later on the right foot will actually make you much more long, successful in the long run than trying to start three years earlier in the wrong foot where you're just stuck in a root, mm -hmm. stuck in a rut, right? Think long term. They say it takes 80 years to build a brand. So if it takes 80 years to build a brand, you're like, you're, right now you're probably thinking very short term, like one year, two year, right? But if you're thinking eight years, like your whole plan changes. Definitely. I got a lot on my head. Thanks for sharing your story. <laughs> Do you have I'm anything I'm thinking else? about, uh, actually, I'm, I'm having two conflicting advices here. So I have to wait out like uh, what is good for me. And in terms of runway, I have enough to sustain myself for three, four months. So that's why I'm, I was focusing more on outreach. But uh, I think uh, I have done the similar thing, like offerings, going to someone and offering, like I will work for free for you. And I think it can, it's possibly turning into a good opportunity, good working opportunity. So, yeah. Yeah, the, that's a little bit, okay. So first you need to decide what route you want to take, right? So at your place, what I would probably do it's not just reach out to people that you think you can get, but reach out to people that you really okay. want to work with. Right? And don't say, I'll do it for you for free. Say, tell them, <laughs> this is what I would do. If it's somebody that I really like. I, I, like, for example, uh, there's, there's a member at Night Owl Nation. His name is Vin, right? And he teaches public speaking, communications, storytelling, and things like that. And he's a public speaker. And this guy is like killing it. He, he got like in the last year, he got a million followers. <laughs> in six months, he got like 700,000 followers in the past six months. Like this guy is killing it, right? And he, so what I would do is if I wanted to work with him, and I'm, I'm kind of like at a, you know, junior level more junior level or something like that i would because i know him well i know i know how i would approach it what i would say is like hey man like i know you i know you i've seen all your videos i know your personality you're very quirky and i, I love how you do this icons here on the podcast but when i go to your website your website is so off-brand it's 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 too fancy and blah 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 i just feel like it's not you like so what do you think about like something like I would actually do a two couple of mock-ups and be like, oh, what do you think about something? Like, and I would just try to make friends with them and try to like, you know, get in there. And I would do that with like, I'll, I'll, and if it doesn't work, do it with the next person, next person, right? And what I'm trying to get to is I'm trying to get to the point where this person is going like, oh, wow, it's, it's something. When, if you do that, trust me, you're going to get noticed. Because number one, I have a hundred people DMing me every day saying, hey, can I, can, I, can I work for you for free? Can I work for you for free? Okay, so you, you, you DM me, can I work for you for free? I'm just gonna, I'm not even gonna open it probably. But if you send me a design and you do all of that, immediately I'm like, okay, number one, he's the only person 
to ever just go ahead and like do it first and then send it to me, not just fucking ask me for free business. Number two, this guy actually knows what I'm doing. He actually knows me. And number three, I like his dedication. I love how driven he is, blah, blah, blah. Those are three things that I don't see in, in the hundred people that's DMing me every day. So you are going to get their attention. Trust me. The goal is to just get on the Zoom call with them and have that conversation. And over time, get this, make friends with them and get this person to trust you. And then a few weeks later, I'll probably send them another design. Be like, hey, you know, you, you should try something like this in your sales page. Hey, hey, have you ever tried doing carousels in your Instagram? I noticed that you only do reels and you don't do carousels. How about something like this? I would keep investing my time. Let's say you invested 50 hours, 40 hours, which is one week, one, one week work week, right? Let's say you invested 40 hours into that. And then you were able to build a relationship with this person. Is that worth the 40 hours? Hell yeah. But most people don't want to invest that 40 hours. They just want to outreach, 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 outreach. How come nobody's getting back to me? <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs> well, I just told you why nobody's getting yeah. back to you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and right now, in the beginning of a business, what I would the first thing I would do is have your bread and butter. Right now, I feel like what you should be looking at, actually for you, if you have three months of runway, the, the only thing I would do right now is look for that one client that's going to keep your business running. Meaning, I would go out and find a boring-ass client, boring-ass company, that's just all they want you to do is just retouch photos every every week. They just want you to create these email templates every week. Some boring shit, but they're going to give you a lot of money to do it. <laughs> like I would find a gig like that so you have some safety here that you never have to worry about bills. And then here is you're investing. You're investing into the future. You're, you're creating work for awards. You're creating a work that's going to get recognized, you know? Yep. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. I think uh, I got some work to do. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You do fine, Ankit. I believe in you. <laughs> okay. Um. Thanks, Ankit. Hope that was helpful, everyone. Next, we have Sasha. Hey, Sasha. Hi. Cool. So let's start with same thing. Uh. <clears throat> who are you? Where you're from? What you do? And what your question? So I'm from New Jersey originally, originally lived in New York for 13 years, then LA for four, and now I'm in North Carolina. Um, I have a brand for the past 10 years called Perpetual Shade, which is a line of sleeping masks with fun phrases. Um, but in the past almost a year, I've decided to do more small business consulting only because people have always asked me for help. Other small business owners have asked me for help, whether it's advertising or PR or social, like every single thing. And right now I'm struggling with how to love what I do because I do a lot and I feel like 
it's hard for me to focus on one thing or even like love one thing. So is it the brand, my brand, or is it the consulting? What, when you say a lot, what do you mean? What do you do? What are those things? So with the small business consulting, I help people with um, guiding them on from basic things like how to set up a Shopify store, how to do Facebook ads, should they even run ads, um, what stores should they reach out to if they need help with production, um, things like that. I mean, every single thing that a small business has to do, I help people with that because I had to do okay. it myself. And then with the brand, I'm doing everything. I don't have help. So I'm creating the photos, like doing the photo shoots. Well, so I'm trying to get like, is it just too much work or is it? No, I love it, to work. It's not too much. It's just, I don't, I'm not obsessed with it. Like how you talk about being obsessed with something. Like I'm not obsessed with anything right now. And that's my problem. Cause I'm like, uh, okay. am I wasting my time? Like, I don't want to quit. I like okay. it, but I'm not like obsessed anymore. Like when I first started, I was obsessed with it. Oh, you know, when you first started my brand, petrol shit? Yeah. Okay, well, why were you? What do you think that is? Let's let's track back there. What what's different then, and now? Other than the fact that it, the novelty, because novelty yeah. always wears off. Yeah, um, I think first of all, I was living in the city. I was in New York City, and mm. I was excited about starting a brand. You know, and back then that was ten years ago. So we had Instagram, which was great, um, mm. but. I really had to network with people. I had to go down to the garment district with my sample that I made myself, walk into a factory, and then they tell me, hey, bring us materials. And I'm like, what? Like, I didn't yeah, know. So everything was challenged. Everything was new. Yeah. It was like um, it was like going to like graduate school, honestly. Like, I had to learn all this stuff. So it was exciting for me. But I was so obsessed with creating this product. Like, I... I knew that I was going to do it. And that's why I did so well with it. But I was like all in, you know, but right now I don't feel that way about really anything. Like I don't have like a goal necessarily that I'm obsessed. Are you happy in your life outside of the business? Personally? Yeah. Let's just talk about how, how you feel. Um, in general. Not really, I, I'm struggling because I live in North Carolina right now, coming from Los Angeles, coming from New York. It's not exciting here. So I'm struggling with like, do I move back to New Jersey, New yeah. York? So I'm in this kind of weird position. And then I'm like, well, what does that look like for yeah. my job? I mean, maybe for you, it might, it might help you just to take, like, take the foot off the brake for a little bit since it's the holidays and stuff like that and just kind of reflect a little bit mm -hmm. on what is the life that you want to create for yourself because i feel like uh because I, I, I have two different directions i can go with this so on one hand you know like i was saying before Oh, you weren't there. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So a lot of times what happens is people um, go, 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 go. And then at some point realize, oh, wh what, where am I going? Like, I, 
they feel like lost all of a sudden or like is, is this what i want to do or something like that i think that's just natural it's normal if you never actually sat down and figure that out because your body is moving going towards but your mind is telling you it's like is that where i want to go mm-hmm. here i'll give you an example right like there are some women who might be who might think that oh i just want to create the perfect home with the perfect christmas tree the perfect mom perfect white picket fence only to realize that you know they they raise their kids their kids go off to college blah, 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 and they're like only to realize is this it is this is this my, what my life was and they feel the same way you do but the opposite can be true some women just went all out on their career and became really super super successful but have no family no kids and they're wondering oh, did i make a mistake do you understand what i mean yeah. so a lot of times i feel like unless you really are in alignment with exactly what you really want without that ego that should come first because if that alignment is off, no matter what you do, it's always going to feel like that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I, that's where I'm going to say for this part. On the other hand, I'm struggling with the same thing you're struggling with now, which is everything is fun when it's new because what makes it fun is the challenge, right? That, that is something new that you have to figure out and you have to solve and things like that. But let's say you've already solved it, and you you're now you're at the time you're just doing the same thing again, and again. There's no really anything new; it's just become procedurized, right? Then it becomes boring. Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and I struggle with the same thing. So this is how I fix it, and it's a almost like everything in life. It's not a fix and done. <laughs> it's a constant, constant battle. Okay, so this is how I fix it. Two things. One, I have to get lost in the work. Meaning, sometimes like I'll just like, oh, I need to create an Instagram carousel, and I'll start doing it. And then two hours have passed by. It's not like, it's not the goal of I need to post this so I can get how many followers, or you know, I need to finish this by this time. It's none of the goals. Like at that moment, I'm just really mesmerizing. I'm like totally connected. I'm, I'm, I'm lost in my work. I don't even know time going by. And so everything that you do, whether you're up, we're just taking photo and uploading on a website or you're just writing a description for a product. Those are the boring things, right? Like do those, get lost in those. Try to write the, you know, there, there was this like, oh, fuck, I got to find this. There was this like catalog from like a hundred years ago. Like that sells like women's clothes and stuff like that through a catalog, but that co- that was known for their copywriting. Their copywriting was so beautiful. It was it was almost written like it was like a novel that women love like reading that and like picturing themselves like like they'll write something like, imagine wearing this long silky yellow dress on a you know in a ballroom or like they'll write a story like that, right? So what I'm saying is every little thing you do, even writing captions or even just taking photo of a product go over and beyond and see if i wanted to write the best caption in the world how would i write it if i wanted to write take the most unique 
proudest photo in the world, how would I take it? Right? Really get lost in it. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Right? And second thing is this, and I, maybe it's kind of related, but always try to innovate. So a lot of times what we're going to do is we're going to build a business and we build this process and we get here. And now everything is just a process. It's like, okay, client come in, do this. Okay, like they go through this process. You're just putting in the motion, right? Which you need to do in a business. But you always need R&D. Like at night out, right? Like if I were just doing Sunday service, same thing every day, every week, it would, yes, it would be boring. But we just introduced onboarding calls, right? We're about to introduce this, this uh, storytelling night. Um, I want to introduce this new way of doing assignments. Like I'm constantly innovating and coming up with new things to implement to the business, which is what keeps it more exciting, I guess. But I struggle with the same thing you do. If Whenever something gets to a procedure mm-hmm. where I just feel like I'm just doing the same thing over and over and I'm, I'm not doing anything new, I'm not facing any challenge, I feel like that. Right, and then it makes me want to start something else. Yeah, like, but just remember that I guess what I did was I did that. You know the reason why I know how to the reason why I know how to like I'm so good with cameras and I know how to shoot videos, edit videos, but I also know how to write copy, but I know how to design, I know how to code, I know how to do sales. Like I think the reason why I know how to do all of those is because of that, because I all did this and I got bored and I skipped to this and I got bored and I got skipped to this. And I kept doing that. And at a certain point, I realized that it's that's always going to happen. So now what I do is I don't even try to get that from the thing. I try to get that same fl- same feel from whatever I like. I've, I've given up. So, you know, that feeling in the beginning of a business when you're really excited you're like oh yeah perfect like uh, uh, i i can't wait to like have this website up and oh like i can't wait to see that logo and like that that feeling i've accepted that feel that that is not sustainable that always dies it's kind of like when people go into relationships in a selfish way oh perfect per- looking for the perfect mate oh like perfect mate right so what happens is when you do that, yeah, that infatuation, that love is in the beginning, but that dies eventually. You stay with somebody long enough, eventually that dies. And and here's I here's I think what a problem is. Oh fuck. This is why I need to like ramble, because when I ramble, that's when all these thoughts come. Okay, so this is what's going on. The society and Disney and all these companies have created and uh, romantic comedies have created this notion that, you know, for you to feel loved, love is this, right? Where uh, somebody's like buying you flowers, sweep you off your feet. That's what love is, right? So we brainwash all the humans, all, all the people in the world to think that that's what love is. Trust me, you get married, like look at your parents, right? You get married, you marry for 20 years. See if they're like that. See if they're like, oh, like, like obsessed with each other like that. That shit is not going to be there, right? That's just, so if you're expecting that's what love is, of course, five years later, 10 years later, you're going to say, oh, like, we, oh, he doesn't love me anymore. She doesn't love me anymore. I'm in a loveless marriage. 
oh, my, my marriage is broken. They start saying shit like that when their marriage is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Just like every other relationship, it's not roses and rainbows every day. Relationships are hard, and that's part of the love, right? Mm -hmm. So, but one, in, in your head, if you think like, oh, you know, like Prince Charming, this is love, then that, that's why like you guys always hear like from from their wives or girlfriends be like, oh, he doesn't love me anymore. He just doesn't, he doesn't like love me the same way anymore. <laughs> like what? Like, would you rather just me love you that way and not spend the rest of my life with you and like not us try to solve problems together and not us go through issues together? Like that's real love, right? And I realized that business is the same way. We all, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, all these people have brainwashed us to think that being passionate about your 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 job and that that obsession is like what happens in the beginning of that startup days, right? But just like relationship, that shit dies. <laughs> the, the, you run a business for 20 years, no matter how you were excited 20 years ago, there's no way you're going to be that excited about it 20 years later. That's just what's going to happen. But if we believe that obsession is those things, like what Steve Jobs is doing with the Macintosh and stuff like that, then, then we're going to feel like, oh, uh, like my job is not good enough. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing is not good enough because I don't feel that way anymore. Oh, I just lost passion for my business. Like, mm -hmm. No, look at those people that's been running their business for 40 years that turned it into a billion-dollar business. They're like 60 years old, furniture business owner, going into the office every day, doing the needy-greedy accounting every single day, you know? Yeah. And they, that's where they get fulfillment. Just showing up every day, um, you know, like with your family, right? Your, with your parents, with your mm -hmm. child, with your spouse. Just showing up every day and just being present and, you know, like doing something together. You know, solving problems together. Just that daily thing is where we have to get fulfillment, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. to cap it. I guess here's how I do it, because mm -hmm. I I'm, I was exactly at the place you were at a few years ago. Here's how I do it. I gave up on the idea of that fairy tale idea of love. I gave up on the idea of that fairy tale idea of obsessed about a business, like the Steve Jobs or the Cinderella type of love or obsession. Right? I gave up on that. I I've realized that that's fairy tale. And it doesn't exist. In, and the real world is more like this. And once I've accepted that, I actually, every day I can be happier. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense because I think another thing that was happening was I was putting too much pressure on myself for it to be this uh, amazingly like fulfilling thing like it was before. And that oh, was yeah. a big part of it. But I'm really glad we're talking. I think <laughs> that's why we have a 60% divorce rate. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people go into love, marriage, thinking that that's, you know, wow, this is amazing, right? And then five years into it, that that is gone. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, this is not what I thought it was. Like I, and, and they're trying to keep, trying to respark that thing again. Oh, let's go to, let's go to couples therapy. Let's go to do this. Let's, tr let's try to sp spark that intimacy again. Rather than trying to be like, okay, this is what it is, and this is real intimacy. Mm -hmm. 
the fact that you know that you know every little flaw and secret about me <laughs> you know the fact that you know all my weaknesses the fact that you know like you've you've seen the worst parts of me like that is the love that is the relationship you know what i mean yeah yeah it's so interesting how parallel it is to business yeah yeah i always make that analogy yeah and the other kind of part of this where i feel pressure on myself is right now with my tiktok account because i am i don't want to be in a niche i don't want to have a niche i don't want that i don't want to be like pigeonholed or Put the pressure on myself to Fuck find a niche. Yeah, right. I'm all my night out. So what I've been doing is just making TikToks storytelling. So that's where I'm practicing my storytelling. And I haven't been hashtagging. I don't even write a caption. That's it. Because I'm like, if this is working, if I'm turning into a good story, I've seen a lot of good videos like that. I've seen a lot of viral videos that has no caption, no, no hashtag, mm-hmm. <laughs> like no sticker, no subtitle. Like, yeah. And what I've learned in my few TikToks that I've done in the past couple of days, actually, is I'm talking about things that have happened in the past, but. I'm talking about my parents' experience, actually, and it kind of has to do with the entrepreneurial spirit, I think, and is basically like, okay, you know, they came from nothing, right? Literally came to America. Oh, yeah, I love those stories. I think I'm going to put them on there, honestly. Like, I might interview them on TikTok. Um, But the, the common denominator so far, which I'm kind of liking and I think people are liking, is putting yourself in positions where there's opportunity. So like how you were just talking to Ankit about, listen, I see an opportunity here with a person that I I admire and I'm going to work for them for free, you know? So through my experience, because I've done that too with my business, you know, in the past 10 years, and maybe that could be a topic of conversation. Yeah, everything that you learned in life, could be a topic of conversation on TikTok. I actually think I'm coming to the similar realization like you about TikTok, where where I, I'm, I'm just posting everything right now, like mask, just content at scale. I'm not really worried about the quality right now. I'm just speaking, right? I'm just putting out, uh, well, our video editor. I'm speaking in the Sunday service and things like that. They're taking the clips and uploading it, right? But what's happening is <laughs> the more I do it, more I'm starting to understand what people like, what they're drawn to. And I'm also starting to real understand, okay, what's the difference between what they like, what they're attracted to versus what they really need? Because those are different things too. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm starting to get it. So how I'm so here's the thing one thing I'm starting to learn is the way you say something is almost everything like so the actual words that you say the content itself is like I think 20% I actually think that 80% is how you say it like 
I bet you if you go back and look at all your videos, the ones where you show some sort of emotion probably does better than the ones where you're not showing emotion. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that, that charisma is everything, number one, is what I'm starting to realize. Because I look at all my content, and there's like definitely certain content I'm like, this is gold, this is so good. And then I post it, and like, it, it doesn't perform. And then there's like one where I'm just, all I'm doing is just yelling and screaming in the video, right? <laughs> and I don't think I said anything special. <laughs> and I upload that, and people are loving it, right? So, so one. So slowly, I think you're going to start to understand what works, what doesn't work. And more importantly, what is it about the thing that works that I like and I don't like? Mm -hmm. And what is it about the things that doesn't work that I like? And, and you need to balance it because a lot of times it happens like that where I know that this works. But I personally don't think it's the best content. Right. But I still have to make it right. But I'm, I'm learning. And then I know that, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. A lot of times I, I feel like my best content is in Sunday service where I go on and I just ramble on. You think? About, yeah. I think your lives are the best. Or, or like something like that, the IG live, where I'm just rambling, right? Without really organizing. I'm just talking, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right, actually. So... So when I do those IG live, what I'm learning is this. Every time I do those IG live, I know that when I'm more passionate, I'm more into it, it works better. But I also know that um, this content is really good content. I really need people to hear it. But then it doesn't, this content doesn't work. So when I ramble on IG live, usually I'll talk about a topic for like 5, 10 minutes. When that could have been said in like 20 seconds. But I'm going into all the nuances of it. And in my mind, I think the nuance is what's good. It's what makes it good in my mind. But the nuance is what's losing the audience too. Mm. So now I'm learning. I have to figure out how to learn to, okay, how do I take this nuances and say it in two sentences where it has the same, um, same effect as saying the whole thing, but they'll actually hear it and it'll actually be more emotional. And how do I take that and how, how do I say it in an emotional way by like really putting myself in that moment and things. So I am even subconsciously learning how to communicate better like that and make better content through that. So I think we're at the same place. My TikTok is bombing right now. Like, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like my TikTok gets no views. I keep posting, 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 posting. But I'm just like testing. Okay, mm. this works. Right, because... It is hard to go onto TikTok without being selfish, right? Because I'm like, well, what can I get out of this? How can I make, how can I get clients? Like, how can I get people to buy my product? But I'm trying very hard to just tell stories that don't have an agenda, like a selfish agenda. I, I would prefer to tell stories where people can relate and get something out of it. it I'm trying to be the, be on TikTok for the my followers, for people that watch the video versus like being selfish about it. But it's hard not to be selfish about it. Yeah. You could be selfish in a different way. Because for me, I'm selfish when I make content, but not the way you think. Mm -hmm. Like 
not because oh i want to get more followers or more reach or something like that i'm selfish in a way where i'm selfish in a way um i need to come up like i need to come up with a better way to say this and i'm using tiktok as a test i'm using the audience as a as a like a you know, focus group or something focus group yeah <laughs> to test my shit so it's very selfish right and also yeah and also i i said this in last week's episode but if i were you at least for the i guess both perpetual state and because they're kind of related right because you're teaching what the behind the scenes of running this business on this business right right so what i would do is i mean like the thing that you're already doing right like for example like okay here's a new product that we launched and this is how i made it like Mm -hmm. go down into the specific right and 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 even goes more specific like um you know, like most people, when they do something like this, they do silk screening or whatever like that. But the way I, I, I learned that when you do that, this is a problem. So I do it like this now. Okay. Or you go into the, and you give us that one little tiny. And it's, that's equivalent to this. Okay. So you know how when I, when I put up a post like, um, uh, here are ways you can shorten your sentences. Or when I do a post where, where like, okay. Or, or the other day, like when you use this photo versus this photo, you know, you want to try, try to, find, oh, here, best one. Last night I posted in Instagram stories. Um, when, you, when you use photos for your website, make sure you have a photo of you looking at the camera. Because when you, the reason why all magazines have the photo looking at the camera is because that's scientifically proven to grab people's attention when somebody's staring at you. When you have an opt-in, make sure you have the subject look to the side, to the opt-in, because the audience eye is going to go where your eye is, right? Things like that. Make sure when you take a photo, don't take port. A lot of photographers want to take portrait photos, but you can't really use portrait photos on a website because, you know, so you have to use landscape and you have to make sure that there's enough space up to the side, Mm -hmm. you know, things like. So I gave those tips and I put it on stories and I'm going to post it on on reels right but that's what people love mm-hmm. when i give them practical quick little things like that that they haven't even thought of but because i've been doing this for a long time i to me it's like so of course like it's like obvious thing but that's what people love so what i would ask you to do is take one specific thing like that and give them that one little practical tip one little quick little tip because yeah, that's what I found. Like, I, I would build this, like, really, like, Jay Shetty, when we did Jay Shetty's website, like, we, we thought about the brand, the what is the first impression we want them to have. Okay, if this type of audience comes here, they're going to go here, and this is the path. Like, we overthought the shit out of the whole thing, and, and high level, and, like, and a high level, we want to give it this feel. Like, I've really planned it out. But the client doesn't care. Like, client doesn't care about the high-level plan and, and, and why we're making this, this, and that. Okay, that's why we hire you for So you do that. What they care about is this. Son, oh, I want the video player to look like this. 
Mm. Or be like, oh, you see how they did this slideshow like that? Can we add a slideshow in my website like that? It's those little specific things is what they care about. Even though what really matters is the high level. Mm-hmm. So as a content creator, we need to be very wary of that. Like the important things that they need versus what they want. And we need to make sure we give both. And I guess my my whole entire goal is this, right? Because I need to get, wow, like I'm really going deep here. I'm, I'm getting a lot of new stuff. My entire goal is this. Here's the world. of There are 7 billion people in the world. These 7 pe- billion people are lazy. They don't want to put in any work. They don't want to come to Sunday service. They don't want to use their critical thinking brain. They're lazy. Somehow I need to get them to here. <laughs> Meaning showing up and doing this, practicing and doing this. Like, so I need to, how do I get them from here to here, right? So now what they want is how do I get a million followers? Or how do I close a sale? Blah, 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 right? And I know that overall what, what I need to get to them is here. So I need to slow. So I need to balance. So I'm, I'm I'm figuring out. Okay, how can I take a clip from my Sunday service? Do like a little clip that people are gonna love. It might not help them, but it's gonna attract them, right? And then how do I get? Okay, once I got them, I got their attention. Okay, how do I get them to the next step? Okay, maybe I give them a five minute masterclass first, and then how do I get them to the next step? Next step, right? Mm-hmm. So. Right now, what I'm doing is I'm trying to figure out that content game. Okay, how do, what kind of shorts video do I want to put to get people's attention? And then now, how do I want to get them from here to here through a longer format? So I'm testing all of this shit out right now. <laughs> it was like when you did the Canva class for us. Yeah, exactly. It blew, it blew my mind that so many people... So many people said that. They, they loved it. They didn't know how to make a slide in Canva. And of course, like, you know, I'm to not... me, that was the easiest class I've ever done. Right. Yeah, you know, like... it, was, it was so valuable to so many people, like the little, little things, like how yeah. do you, you know, align text in Canva? Yeah. It's like, you know, so that that's, that's why I need to pay my attention to that and say, mm-hmm. my passion cannot come from making the best content. Because if I make the best content, nobody's going to like it. Right. My passion has to come from how do I figure out how to make a content that all these people are going to love, but it's not some cliche, trendy, stupid shit. It actually has some substance to it, right? Mm -hmm. So a good example is this. How do I make a fight club? Or how do I make the Matrix? Or how do I make um, Inception? Because if you look at those movies, right? Matrix, Inception, or those movies... They are critically acclaimed, meaning even all the top directors agree that that's a great film. But it has commercial success too. Even the dumb audience also loves it because it's got all the all the graphics, all the action, and all the special effects and all that shit too, right? Mm-hmm. And Jay Z is also another perfect example of that. Jay Z is the only one who has a, a mainstream popularity but also has street cred. It's really hard to have that, have both, you know what I mean? And I think that's where I'm putting my passion now, where how can I, how can I create these viral, amazing posts that are going to go viral, but they're not cheesy and tacky and trendy. They're actually substance, 
so that even other experts, so so that I even get street cred from the other experts too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally, totally understand. And that that's like the secret sauce right there. Yeah, and that's how you, because that, if you pursue that, if you're trying to balance those teas and make that, that's a lifelong mastery. You'll never, you'll never master that. It's, you're gonna spend the rest of your life trying to do that because it's such a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And and if you put, put your put your passion in that instead, then I, you'll always be passionate because that's a that's a problem that can't be solved. Right. So. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you solved it. Like, that's what it is. Because I have, like, you know, I have the brand for 10 years. Like, I have the success from, like, the high-level people, right? But now it's like, okay, I need the street cred from my audience, right? From these people yeah. that are starting. and they. But I want them to be comfortable listening to me and not be intimidated. I got to connect with them on, like, their level, I love all the stories that you tell about your dad and like how how you kind of make an analogy from how they were to how it applies to business today and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I love all of those. You Thank you. Those. Yeah, they're good. And I, I could take from them too, for sure, because I learned a lot from them too. I mean, it's like that I was taught by them how to, yeah. how to be, you know, and how to mm-hmm. have a business. And, and I noticed that your videos are similar to me in the sense that when you're a little bit emotional and when you're like pissed off or that one video where you talked about um, uh, that checkout lady who gave you all that free stuff. Yeah. Like that was so good because I can feel the, like, you know what it is? A lot of times when I watch these videos, there's usually like a pause where somebody's talks, 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 and then there's a little bit of pause. Where, and, and during that one second pause, I can see that you're kind of reflecting. You're kind of bringing yourself back to that moment, right? So you were talking, talking, things, and then you were like, oh, my gosh. Like, and when you did that, I'm like, okay, I, I feel the genuine. And the same thing happened when I, um, like, a few months ago on IG Live, I was, like, yelling at somebody, right? Somebody wanted a shout-out, and I yelled at her, right? And then she, she replied to me, and she said, you, know, I, you didn't have to be so mean or something like that. And I went on stories, and I apologized to her, right? And then I was saying, uh, you know, like all of this happened. And then I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> right. I said it like that. Right. And everybody, all my friends told me that, like, that was the moment when I could truly feel like how sorry you really were. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I remember that. Yeah. So showing that emotion somehow, if you're genuine and you're just completely being unfiltered with your emotion. Mm-hmm. There's these nuances that'll come out that'll make people know that you're genuine. Yeah. You and I are similar that way. We can't not be. And I've gotten feedback from people on my Instagram when I post stories, when I'm like yelling at people that are brand owners. I'm like, why the fuck aren't you on your Instagram showing your face? And they're like, are you talking to me? I was like, yeah, you. And then they love those, right? Yeah. Those. And then they go and they do it. And they're thanking me for it. And I'm just yeah. like, I wasn't expecting a thank you. Like, I just was so emotional because I'm like, mm-hmm. I see you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, just do what I Trust say. me. <laughs> when I say, you know, every one of you guys, like, so both you and Kid, I've interacted with a lot. So I feel like I know you guys 
our small group leaders, obviously, I know them. And there are some members in Naira Nation that I feel like I know intimately. I know well. I know their personality. And when I see them, I'm like, oh, you know what? I love this about you. I love this about you. Like, I love this about you. I wish I could be like that. But then what I see people doing is they suppress that side. And they they try to fit in the norm. So, like, for me, an example of that for me is, like, I always I I always apologize for being ranting or being too emotional. And I'm like, oh sorry, I was so I was so uh, sorry I was ranting. Sorry I was too emotional. Like and I, I I try to suppress myself from getting that emotional. But the thing is, that's the thing that they love the most from me. <laughs> so you see what's happening here? It's almost like that with everybody. There's somebody, this is their strength. But they try to suppress it. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry I did that. Oh, I'm sorry. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, this is becoming so apparent to me that that's what we're doing. We're suppressing that side of me. We're apologizing for it. Mm-hmm. When we should be <laughs> broadcasting it to the world. <laughs> exactly. It's so true. And it's funny when you're online and on TikTok and see people making videos and they have that YouTube voice. Yeah, yeah. I hate that. I'm like, you, even my friends, I'm like, I told them, like, you don't talk like that. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, people who are like, you know, the the hardest is like, I feel like it's not that bad if they're like a really outgoing, talkative person who's doing that. But the worst is when kind of quiet, shy introvert tries to put on the mask of entertainer, right? Hey, everybody. My name is <laughs> like, you know, that that whole thing. And it's so cringe because you can feel that it's totally not them. Yeah, yeah. That's why I love Lex Friedman. Yeah. You know Lex Friedman? Yeah. Because that guy, if you hear him talk, right? Like, I should be falling asleep right now, (laughs) right? The way he talks. But he's, the reason why I think I'm not is because he's, he's talking like Ben Stein, like, hello class, today we're gonna, like, even though he's talking like that, you can tell that that's number one. That's genuinely him. And number two, even though he's talking like that, you can genuinely tell that he's 100% into the conversation. He's, he's totally into it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that genuinity, I think you cannot break. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much. This was awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it was great to see you guys. Like, I, you know, I, I know we... we we talk a lot and we you know i know both of you guys and how your business is but yeah it's always um it's always great to catch up and learn about those little nuances oh i didn't even know you were struggling with that i'm glad i know that now you know you know things like that so all right okay thank you thank you sasha thank you ankit for the wonderful questions thank you everybody for tuning in um we'll we'll be back next friday until then i'll see you guys on instagram instagram stories if you're a night owl nation member i'll see you on sunday and if you want to join this if you're a night owl nation member and if you want to join this podcast you can dm gg and she'll make it happen thanks everyone cheers bye